You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Insecure Experience, brought to you by the Flawless Noises Media Network. I am one third of your co-host, I'm Candice, and you know you can find me on all social media at Not So Newlywed PC. As usual, I'm joined by my two beautiful co-hosts, Bree and Tia. Hey ladies, happy Monday. We recording on a Monday. It's, it's still Monday. Yeah, damn. I mean, you know, there are no real days of the week anymore while we're in quarantine. It's just home and home. Yep, they just (laughs) all run together. There's no separation (laughs) of weekends from your work week. It's just crazy. And the grocery store then turned into the club. You'd be like, let me go to the grocery store and see what they got going on. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Doing walkthroughs. Hey girl. I look like a fucking hobbit every time I go to the grocery store now because what are real clothes? I ain't put on real clothes since this shit started, to be honest. And I'm to gonna be, be real sad when I put my jeans back on. Yeah, I haven't I haven't been dressing. If you've been dressing during the quarantine, more power to you. But I've definitely been taking advantage of um sweats and leggings. So yep. we back. We back earlier than normal, but episode four was good, y'all. It was episode four, low-key losing it. And we were saying in the pregame, I think all of us were surprised at the direction of this episode because I thought, one, I thought they was going to pick back up this Lawrence shit and I was going to be annoyed. Um, but I'm kind of glad to see uh, uh, Bree was right. He basically sent that little laughing thing and kept it moving. And yeah, I was surprised about that unless unless they just didn't show us. But they're not really a show of flashback, so I think we in the clear. Yep. So um and then Bree was also saying I thought they was like after last weekend, after Thanksgiving, I thought they was gonna dead the whole Molly and Issa beefing thing. But they still beefing. <laughs> I'm kind of glad. It's like real bad now. Right. It's real bad in front of everybody. It's that passive aggressive shit that I can't stand on both of their ends. Like y'all know y'all not happy, but y'all are continuing conversations with just little aggressions, and that's worse to me than getting cussed out. Yes, that's annoying. Absolutely. So one thing, and I know why it annoys us because the three of us have strong personalities. Um, You know, T is from Philly. You know how East Coast people are. They very friendly. <laughs> I don't think I ever met met a passive aggressive like East Coaster. When I say East Coast, I mean like New York, Philly, Jersey. You know, you all mean up Northerner? In, yeah, I, I all up and through there, they gonna speak their mind regardless, and <laughs> you just gonna have to deal with it. Um, Bree and I have strong personalities. Y'all been knew that, like just all in your. I'm not about to play with you face. Like yes. It is what it is. So first, I got to say this. I'm really sick of Issa half-assing her tenants. Um, 
Like, Agreed. I, you, you are the property manager. It's your job to manage the property and make sure that the tenants um, are living in humane conditions and a property full of tenants waking up to no water with no notice that the water is being shut off is some bullshit. Okay, but let us remember that the condition of her being able to afford to stay there is that she's the property manager. And I don't play with where I lay my damn head. Like, no. that would be my first priority. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't yeah. seem like a hard-ass job. Like, girl, what the hell are you doing? So when I was um, apartment living, they would put a note, a notice on the door and send out an email saying like, hey, the water is going to be shut off from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., you know, just to give you a heads up. Like, I get it. This block party is a big deal for her. This is her passion. But, sweetheart, you still got to have a roof over your head. And as we see, while you got this circle of friends, ain't none of them willing to let you stay with them. I think that so, it goes to her personality, too, because she doesn't seem to be able to juggle anything. Yeah, she can't, multi she can't multitask at all. But I don't think Molly can really multitask either. She's oh, not we gonna, good at we it gonna, either. We're going to get to Molly, but at least when it comes to her job and keeping them bills paid, Molly don't play about that. Right. You know, that's, that's one of her biggest issues with juggling is she doesn't have work-life balance. Issa, I don't know. I feel like in a lot of ways, some of the same issues she had with Lawrence and a relationship are things she's guilty of as well. Because I, I, I'm not going to half-ass nothing. And I'm damn sure not going to half-ass people's where people lay their head at. Right. And it goes back to the passive-aggressive shit, too. Like, if you don't remember season one, she wasn't just laying all this shit out. She would wait till she was about to explode and explode. Like, she wasn't having these little conversations. It was real passive-aggressive. Like, uh, did you look for a job today? Instead of being like, listen, nigga, I need you to fuck up off my couch. Like... Yeah. And she's doing the same. It is the parallels in Molly's relationship and um, with Issa and Lawrence's relationship with Issa are almost like, I wonder if they wrote it that way on purpose or it's just coincidental. Yeah, because sometimes I feel like my, um, Issa is the Lawrence in her and Molly's friendship. Oh, oh, yeah. Like she's kind of. She's kind of there. She's kind of skating by a lot of times in the friendship. She's gotten used to being Molly's little project. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I know we're going to touch on that later when we get to them. But I just, I had to get that off my chest because with, even with the pandemic going on, it really speaks to how we've seen landlords, property management, treating tenants in the right. pandemic. And it's it's yeah. very ugly. So you know, we got to call you on your shit, honey. If you're going to be the property manager, manage the property and make sure the tenants have basic needs met that come with being a, a tenant. And that would be giving them ample notice of when the water will be shut off for maintenance or whatever the case may be. So get, get that together, sweetie. Ooh, listen. When we said last week, Bree, that we didn't give a fuck what happened to Condola, we was right. Okay. Because look at look at this petty bitch. The minute her and Lawrence get into it, now she 
it seems like she's taking it out on Issa. Like any other time right. she was texting and calling Condola, Condola was responding ASAP. Now all of a sudden, Issa calls you, Issa texts you, and you can't return the communication because you and Lawrence then got into it over some shit that ain't had nothing to do with Issa. Right. I mean, I feel like this was a big, the big gamble that she took in continuing to work with Condola, but she didn't know that it was a big gamble. It is nothing to say that we can stay cool, right? But what if, you know, okay, now she ain't cool with Lawrence. Now it's affecting the relationship she has with you. Like, my thing is, like, I would think if you're not in a good place with Lawrence, that would make it better for you and Issa's relationship. But she should have been on the phone. Like, she should have been, especially for something that big with the flyer. Like, that irritated me. It gave me anxiety watching that scene where she was on the phone with the, um, the flyer people. And she was just like, no, I'll have it in, you know, by today or whatever. And also, this is very strange just on my part. Who the fuck leaves a voicemail and text somebody after they leave the voicemail? I feel like it's a one or the other thing. You can't do both. <laughs> or don't do both to me. <laughs> don't do both. I, um, Please don't text me that you just called me. I promise you, <laughs> nine times out of ten, I've seen it. It popped up on my phone. Yeah. Like, if anything, Issa should have been like, hey... And it's kind of urgent pertaining to the block party. Could you give me a call back as soon as you can? Right. Yeah, that's annoying. But I think that condos is the reason why schoolboy Q dropped out all mm-hmm. stemming from this possible breakup between her and Lawrence. And that's not cool. That's I didn't not cool at even all. even put two and two together because if she's feeling that petty, that's definitely something that Clarence could have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's definitely living up to her name. She, catastrophe. <laughs> she is doing silly shit. You can't go from, okay, let's keep it professional. Let's keep working together. Let's get the awkwardness out the way to you basically snubbing this girl, knowing that you pretty much have been her only support system in all of this. Nobody has really supported Issa and really trying to get this fully off the ground. Like, I'm sh- her brother, but people with connections, should I say. Right. You know, only so much her brother could do, only so much TSA Bay could do, only so much um, Kelly could do. But everybody else who actually had the connections to help her get this off the ground, they kind of shitted on her. And I just feel like she should have been woman enough to you know, talk to Issa like, hey, you know, me and Lawrence are on the outs. I don't want it to affect our working relationship. Like you said, Brie, you think it would bring him closer because she probably is seeing now why Issa cheated on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> right. After but, that day, she probably was like, yeah, I see why she fucks somebody. She got fucked, on, got her back blew out on the studio couch. This nigga is ridiculous. <laughs> I just... I'm disgusted with with her, and I'm surprised that we didn't see even a peak of her in this episode. Not a peak, and and in the preview for next week, I don't see her at the actual block party. Mm. But you know the way they edit previews. I could be wrong, but yeah, you know what? It's it's excuse me. It's just you know it's crazy with how that friendship is unraveling because of relationships. But speaking of friendships, I thought it was wild that Issa was listening to a podcast about friendships and about communication, but neither her nor Molly are communicating to each other. 
Yeah. But that's a lot of people. I mean, they talk a good game about growth and everything else, but they're not applying the shit that they're learning in real life. I mean, look at Molly and the therapist. Has she taken any of those fucking lessons and put them in use in her real life when no. it doesn't concern a nigga? No, no, mm-hmm. not even when it concerns a nigga, is she using it. She is just, she basically went to waste her HMO's money and that's fine. That's, that's between you and your health insurance, but I don't see a reason to go to therapy and not lay it all on the table with someone who can't ju- who is not judging you is not biased to the situation and you still making the same mistakes you've been making for the last three seasons now so like what are you doing and that (laughs) i'm sick brie said it best like they should have called this the passive aggressive episode like low-key passive aggressive because molly and Issa going to everybody else but each other is ridiculous to me. It's not ridiculous to me only because I think that friendship group is a weird bunch of folks. Like everybody seems so self-absorbed except Kelly. I just, yeah. And, but then everybody talks, uh, I'm, I'm strong. I'm this, I'm that type of thing. And for as much as Molly has to say, she can't even go to her best friend and, and lay it all on the table. And I think Issa has gotten, like I said, Issa is so used to being like Molly's little pet that she don't speak up for herself. Because it's not the first time we've seen Molly completely overstep her bounds in Issa's right. personal life. And mm-hmm. Issa just kind of took it in stride. I love my friends. Like, love them, love y'all to death, but I'm with you we, on ha- that. we have boundaries. Mm-hmm. We have boundaries with each other. And they just, I don't know, I feel like Issa maybe is realizing how few liberty, well, how many liberties Molly takes in her personal life, and maybe she's getting sick of it. Like, all her harsh criticisms and critiques when her shit is not together. But again, they should be able to talk about that. The fact that they're talking around each other, they're jabbing at each other. Like when Issa made that harmless joke and and said she was like, you know, red table Molly or whatever, it wasn't that deep for Molly mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. jump down her throat like that. The way these the way we see these bras joke on holler. the show. Right. A hit dog is always gonna holler and her having something to say about that said more about who the fuck she is than who Issa is to me yeah I think that even when um even when they was fighting for a parking spot I think that was a great representation of where their friendship is heading that was a perfect visual of where their friendship is yep that was it let me say the writers and you know the producers and whoever else is involved I feel like they have been doing a an amazing job of painting a picture of these relationships this season. Like without being extremely blunt and like having to spell it out for you, but like little stuff like that, like that's very clever. So I appreciate that. Um so that convo Lawrence was having, Tiffany's husband and Lawrence had, mm. fucking gross and weird. 
And they definitely you, <clears throat> dropped the ball there. Yeah. But that That's was how disgusting. a lot of men are. And it, uh, it was cringeworthy. Like they, you know, men don't get any humanity until they have daughters. Then magically it appears. It's, it's disgusting. It's ridiculous. But yeah, not even was. with that. Because they, um, you know, now they become overly possessive and controlling of their daughters because they've been so trash all of their lives. And, I, and it's, it's really sad that even in um, women that are in close proximity to them, whether they're related to them or they are, you know, in romantic relationships with them, they now suddenly understand a woman. Now they suddenly have compassion towards women when you should just have that anyway. But that's too much to ask for a lot of these men. To be honest, they don't. Right. Even when they have daughters, even when they get married, they still don't. It's conditional at best. It's depending on the relationship the woman is to them. Oh, my daughter, my niece, my sister, my mom, cool, don't disrespect them. Meanwhile, you cheating on your wife. Oh, well, mm-hmm. let's talk about it. I think that um, men do this thing that women don't do. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Women are taught to keep everybody at the same regard. Please, You have to be respectful or people will think you're a bitch. You have to be respectful. You have to keep everybody on the same level because God forbid somebody think you're not a good person. But men have been conditioned to think, you know, these things about women from their own mamas a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't be out here chasing them fast tail girls. Like a lot of, <laughs> it always breaks my heart to say it, but I'm I'm sad because I know that a lot of women won't unlearn a lot of the misogyny we've been brought up in. And even though it's harmful to us and that's really sad. And I feel like that's kind of the case with Tiffany, like, if I had to say there was a pick-me in the group, it's definitely Tiffany. Yep. Oh, yeah. She's definitely the pick-me amongst her friends, and I can't remember her husband's name, but I, f- I really wish they would have wrote that line out of the episode. Like, you could have conveyed that same stupid, trashy nigga point, because that's how niggas think. It was right. definitely an accurate representation of how niggas think when it comes to their daughters. But I wish that it wouldn't have been that weird and creepy of a, you know. Yo, there's no such thing as a joke about fingering. Like, it's a fucking newborn. Like, you're talking about your own daughter getting fingered. It's it's, it's a baby. She's literally fresh out the womb. Yeah, like, I would have seen if he was like, man, one day... My daughter, my daughter is going to be 16 and these little knucklehead ass niggas going to be knocking down my goddamn door. But like to take it to somewhere sexual, it was really creepy. Yeah. Like it it wasn't needed. Whoever wrote that in now, they, they did a bad job. (laughs) That was stupid. They did a horrible job. I, so first things first. Molly, girl, putting them rollers in that stiff-ass wig. Whoever Mitch. set that up, please. <laughs> I I had a time with that because I was laying in the bed watching it, and, you know, Colin was beside me. He's watching it, too. And he goes, hey, how come the rollers don't roll? Is that something Is that something I just don't know about? I was like, nah, nigga. <laughs> like, she took them out, and the shit was still flat. <laughs> like... 
And I'm even like, with it being a bump in it. <laughs> even with it being <laughs> stiff, that's like one of the better wigs that she's had. And that was stiff too. That shit was stiff. Stiff wear right there, girl. Right there. <laughs> there. It was stiff. Um, so I wonder, like, have y'all purposely written Molly as insufferable this first part of this season? Because she's really fucking insufferable in every episode so far. Like she, with she everybody. And she she was all she was never one of my favorites, but literally every time there's a scene with her, I roll my eyes. Cause I'm just tired of her at this point. I'm really tired of her because I think it's this, she thinks she's so self-aware. She thinks she's so together. As a matter of fact, going back to when they were at Tiffany's house, you know, the conversation that she had, oh my man, you know, when we have to communicate, I'm like, girl, you don't communicate to your man that you have to work. I was, you wait that's until you're a in great the point, Bree. She sat in front of her friends, grandstanding and, and capping. Like it was all cap because as we see her and Andrew aren't even seeing each other on a regular basis after she made this whole big scene about him dating other women and being exclusive. Like I always say this, but it's, it always rings true. If you doing the work on yourself while you single, you typically will be ready when a blessing come your way. Right. Like she, instead of her actually doing the work on herself, coming to terms with her faults and her issues and her trauma, she, in everybody else's business, she harped on this man about dating other women only to get with him and she's not ready for the exclusivity she asked for. Bitch, and I fucked that word up because I've been drinking, but it don't even matter. <laughs> like, you wanted to be exclusive, and now you're not even pulling your weight in a relationship. How does Let that me work? Tell you something. If I go to a nigga house and we're supposed to be chilling and he get to working and stuff, you got 15, 20 minutes max. I would not have fell asleep over there. I could have been doing this at my own damn house. That's disrespectful to me. You carved out time for me. Just to take the time away from me when we're together, girl, get the fuck out of here. That should annoy me bad. And <laughs> again, like I said, what made me really like insecure was that a lot of the shit that men are guilty of doing, we see the women doing yep. to men. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna say, like the the you know the the she the she woman man hater in me loves it. <laughs> <laughs> like I love to see it. Because this is how super successful busy niggas do women. Ask women married to doctors, lawyers, engineers, uh, you know, athletes. I mean, if we keep it at 100. Restaurateurs, people in management positions. Like, it it don't even have to be that. Like, it's not a super successful person trait. It's a person who doesn't value other people's time trait because I have dated guys that are pretty far up in status who are director level at their jobs, et cetera. And they still make time for me. It may be, Hey, let me finish up this email for a second, especially if I'm seeing them during work hours or something. But if it's after six o'clock and we're together, the time belongs to me, but I've had niggas low on the totem pole in fucking bottom tier tech support Oh, oh, work is just so busy. I got a log on. Okay, that's cool, right? But you didn't communicate to me that you were going to have to work when I got here. Therefore, I'm leaving. I'm not sitting here watching you work. I could do this shit at home. That part. Yeah. That part. She doesn't, she is so self-centered. 
She doesn't care about anybody else's time or feelings. What message is it sending Andrew that you made a big deal for him to open up everything to you? You're inviting him to your house afterward. And okay, let me just stop what the hell I was saying. Can I just say how disgusting that I thought it was that she did a pit check, but then she let that nigga slide all over. Okay. <laughs> when me and when me and Mike was watching this, he was like, uh, maybe she went and handled it real quick. I said, no, she was still stinking. <laughs> like, I'm like, you she, that she same knew she sweaty ass shit. If you in that wig, same sweaty ass wig. If you got to check under your arm, your pussy is not pap ready, ma'am. It was not go time. She didn't say, hey, let me get in the shower or nothing. But this is how you know she had no intention on, you know, even engaging right. for real when he showed up. Like, it was one of those, well, he's just going to have to understand. And that's and then so they have the date night, right? And she get pissy that he like, um, I'ma drop you off and then I'm ahead and play poker with the fellas. Tama, I thought it was date night. And I enjoyed that Andrew be checking the fuck out of Molly. Yes. yes. He be checking the she shit out of her. He, <laughs> he was like, first of all, girl, hold up. You flake on me all the time, and when we are together, I got to take a backseat to your work. What's really good? Talk about no, just go. That's why she bought over wine and treats and shit, trying to make up. Oh, goofy asshole. I'm sick. <laughs> the relationship that she thinks she has with Andrew is not the relationship that they actually have, and we keep coming back to this over and over again. She is talking to her friends like, them niggas are stable. They've been in it for a couple of years. You just got to the point where he was talking... He was just done with your ass. Y'all have two good interactions after he almost done, or one good interaction, and now you fucking Oprah with your friends. You know, that reminded me of that fucking, you know Shantae's got a man video? (laughs) (laughs) First of all, the video irritates my living soul. But all your friends are sitting up here talking about, you know, whatever they going through. And here you go, well, hate it for you, bitch, because I got a man who don't do that shit to me. No, I'm gonna damn well. You ain't y'all shit ain't level. right. Y'all no, shit ain't not. all the way right. That's funny that they they um joked about red table talk because uh Jada Pika Smith said that this pandemic um has showed her that she don't really know will like that. And somebody tweeted like then what the fuck they always trying to give us advice for? <laughs> 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 that's true <laughs> yo but it's true though like they dragged her for saying that but i mean it's kind of true like it's you know your partner you, you never know, know somebody a hundred percent you don't you never really know somebody and that's never. why i always laugh at people like and even on like mama meets world when we talk about how like so many kids don't see their parents as people like, mm-hmm. so do you ever really know a person? No, you know them based on the relationship you have with them most right. of the time. Mm-hmm. Like, you right. Like you said, Bree. I don't know at work, Mike. I don't know if he's social or not because I don't work with him. And I don't know that's my nigga, Mike, because I don't ever hang. I've never hung with him like he hang with his niggas. I know him as my friend and my partner. And mm-hmm. his friends know him as his friends. They don't know him as you know, a husband and, you know, shit like that. So it's like, yes, every relationship is different and you will a lot of times only know that person based on that relationship. 
You won't right. get to see all the parts of them. Now, if you lucky, you'll see a lot of them. You know, you see Mike as a dad, as a husband, as a podcaster, the way I see Bree as a friend, as a mom, you know, as a podcaster and all this other stuff. But I don't know everything about Bree. Right. Like, I, mean, I would, I would have mm-hmm. to have lived in her body to know everything about her. And I'm magical, well, but I ain't that motherfucking magical. <laughs> I mean, but it's, you also leaving out a big part. You, people only give you what they, they want you to have. have. And it's, it's a comfortability level as well. Like, and I mean, even going back to the show, Molly and Andrew do not know each other because every interaction that they've had has been extremely forced. Yeah, they don't know mm-hmm. each other. Um, a lot of their interactions have been in social settings. Um, uh, and then came the sex and then came the arguments. So even the time that could have been spent really diving deep, um, mm-hmm. Molly is so insufferable that she put a monkey wrench in that. Okay, I'm going to say something, and it may get a lot of people hot, but I'm going to say it anyway. Let me just say, I don't mind fucking on the first day. I'm going to fuck on the first day or have been a fuck on the first day as bitch. I have been a get-to-know-somebody-ass bitch. Either way, but I'm going to say this. When you sleep with someone without knowing even a part of their who they are, it is very, very easy to just go past the bad shit that you don't like. Asking both of your question, if if Molly and Andrew would have really got some time to know each other, do you think they would be where they are? No. No. Because I, I don't think that Andrew likes Molly. And I'm not saying that he doesn't like her as a person. I think ideally what he wanted was someone who was, you know, if we're going to do this, if we're going to settle down, if we're going to start this real relationship, we have got to carve out time for each other. We got to spend, it's regular shit that he's asking for. It's not, you know, irregular shit. But I think if he would have seen her, seen her work habits, seen the way she treats her friends, he probably would have passed on her. And that's just being honest. But when you fucking somebody in sex is wonderful, you gonna look past all that because it's irrelevant in that moment. When that dick hitting like that two piece for one ninety nine at Popeyes okay. on Tuesdays, you will let a lot of shit slide. <laughs> we <laughs> we all have personally been victimized. You will by let dick. a lot of shit yeah. slide for some good dick, and you right. I don't. I so I think he does like her, but I think he's seeing her in a long term light, and it's a lot of stuff that he's not pleased with. Like if like if, that way. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's it's a it's yeah it's a lot and I even though Molly is insufferable typically you still want to see black women win you know especially right. in love especially because we endure so much a lot of us endure a whole lot before we can get to our version of a happily ever after whatever they may that may be but she makes it really hard to root for her because she acts she constantly is asking for things she's truly not ready for and that's annoying to me is she wasteful word you just said a word because how many people are praying for something they ain't got no room for (sighs) man you want so bad to be in this relationship you want so bad to and I don't even think she, I think Molly really is 
is trying to make this relationship work because she doesn't want to seem like she is impossible to be in a relationship with. She said several times, you know, well, I've never made it this far. I've never that. And, you know, common sense would tell you if you are continuing to come up on the same damn roadblocks when it comes to relationship, it's time to look inward and figure out what the fuck is wrong with you. You know what I'm saying? No, that's big. But she hasn't, yeah, but she hasn't done that now until Andrew starts, um, you know, challenging her. And the thing yeah, is, right. is that, that she's starting to, um, I don't want to necessarily call her a pick me because she's in a relationship, but she's starting to say, okay, she's starting to become, okay, whatever you want, I'm going to be that person for you. I'm mm-hmm. going to make you my priority. And she's not really serious about that. She's just so, and she, she really wants to make it work that she's willing to become a version of herself that she's truly not. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Okay. You brought it on home. I see where you was going with that. I, um, while we here, I just want to say when they went to visit Tiffany's baby, I, I'm kind of aggravated with how invested Molly is with having an opinion on whatever Lawrence and Issa and Condola got going. Like, Mm -hmm. Imagine if every time Issa sees Molly, she's bringing up how um, she gonna run Andrew off. Like she well, said it one time when Molly forced her to give her her opinion, but she hasn't she hasn't said it again. Like she's not constantly running it in the ground. Every time we see Molly, she's mm, mm. the way that. Girl. Mm. Molly reacted when Easter went outside to speak to Lawrence or when she saw them. No, they were in the kitchen across from each other. She was like, mm, I would have smacked her motherfucking lips off her face. Listen, thank you, Brie. You hear thank me? Thank you because when she I, said, I she, like, when she, said she had when she said she had to go, and instead of Molly asking, like, you okay, what's wrong? You seem in a rush, she she basically assumed it was because she was going to chase after Lawrence. Like, bitch, bye. You was yeah. smooth out of fucking line. And she she been reacting like she fucking Lawrence. Yeah. Well, like Molly is young? very entitled to to Issa's personal shit. And the crazy thing, and what I think that Molly is figuring out. She doesn't fucking know Issa as Issa is now because all Molly uses Issa for is what it really feels like is someone to be the outlet to let all of her problems out. Whenever Issa has an issue, she scoots that shit right along. Oh, but let me tell you. I mean, remember when, and I know we're going to get into this deeper, but it just tells Issa called Molly at work and she was like, I need to talk to you. And Molly was like, Oh, yes, girl, because I want to tell you X, Y, Z about me. That conversation wasn't about you, but you were so happy to make it about you. And then you got mad when it wasn't. She's just, I don't know. It just, it seems very one-sided. It seems like Molly doesn't have any problems with Issa when Issa is just being someone who listens to her everything. Yeah. But and some about to live. And somebody that she could take her frustrations out on when she wants to. Right. And then, you know, kind of act like Issa took it too personally and shit like that. Like, like, I think like, like you said, Molly doesn't know this Issa, this Issa, sorry, that Nathaniel situation that brought, that brought out a whole different side of Issa last Mm -hmm. season. Like Mm -hmm. it was almost like her inner savage started showing up. 
because she on some whole she on some whole other shit and molly is confused as to why or maybe she feel guilty and don't want to own up to it because she overstepped a huge boundary there but whatever the case whatever isa and lawrence decide to do if they decide to be friends if they decide to kiki on twitter here and there so fucking big girl go on about your business like you said you- your relationship is not doing the fucking greatest go focus on that who, Go suck who the is? soy sauce out, Andrew Dick, and leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> but who is Molly if she ain't got Issa to jump up on? Nobody. 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 Just the underachieving black girl at work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well. well. And not to be funny, but that was why she stepped on old boy toes last season because she was underachieving. No, it wasn't. It was because she was underachieving. But let's not forget the why, because she thought she could come up with a group full of niggas and they were going to handle di- business differently than they did at her white uh, whatever. Uh-huh. Like, no, bitch, we all lawyers, all of us, even niggas. Mm-hmm. Doggy dog. Yeah. That I wanted to discuss that. And Lawrence, Lawrence was about to tell Issa him and Condola weren't fucking around. That's what I think he was about to do. He was about to spill it. And I was like, mm, I'm so glad her um, headliner fucked up. Because I was like, oh, God, this is about to open up a whole nother fucking can of worms. Now, do, you, do y'all think that if they do end up getting back together, that Lawrence could ultimately get over the fact that Issa cheated on him or not? I believe Lawrence has been over the fact that Issa cheated for seasons now. But he refuses to admit to himself that he wants to get back with her like he everything he does is basically to prove he can move on from Issa. and when you got to keep doing shit to prove you can get over somebody you truly not over him the, i'm sure t- right he didn't we keep we and i it's worth mentioning every episode because niggas can be this dumb he didn't call stds trying to prove he can get over Issa and be that nigga mm-hmm boy please sit the fuck down but i just i don't want her to know that lawrence is single again just because i know it'll derail her elevation and her growth right like she did i just a great job of of sitting in her shit last season y'all broke up y'all not together anymore still in your shit figure out who what drives you as a person she found out what what's driving her she wants to do this block party she wants to make a difference in her community lawrence is a fucking distraction and he didn't add anything like even when they were having that that conversation out on the patio what did he add nothing what is he nothing. adding He's Listen. just dry in every aspect. He his sex is dry, his conversations is dry, everything about him is just dry. I will say this though. He looks just as good without a beard as with a beard. Oh my god. Listen, I was sitting yeah. here thinking, oh, Jay Ellis is finding a motherfucker. He's been fine since he was on the game. He is so fine. And mm-hmm. he is so funny on Twitter. He is and he's so interactive and shit i love he's it he's very interactive but i will say i figure what it is i figured out what it is about Issa and lawrence to me 
as like friends, they have great chemistry. Like they're great friends. They have like that wit, that humor together, but nothing about them gives me passion and in a relationship and in love. And like we said, good sex. I've never gotten that from them. Like low key, when they broke up after she cheated on him, I was happy because I was like, why are they so boring? <laughs> they boring. Right. And I know that yeah, that's purpose but yeah not, like they don't have that thing like the way he was like even his sex scenes and even the way the chemistry he have with like the other actresses like you'd be like yeah I would like to see it but I don't want to see him and Issa having sex I don't and I think it was on purpose I think that maybe the show started after that those moments were done I'm pretty sure that they had moments like that but for the purpose of the show it was important that they saw we saw them in that really weird awkward space yeah Mm -hmm. but i think that's also because in general isa is quirky Mm -hmm. like even even her real actual self she's a beautiful woman to me but like she don't give me like she's not she don't give me sex appeal like nah. she don't, nothing, nothing mm-hmm. about her screams sexy to me. Like when I look at Savannah James, I'd be like, you know what? Her and LeBron be fucking real nasty. She probably put her own thumb <laughs> in her butt. That's what I be thinking. I'd be like, she look like she had reached back and spread her own butt cheeks and put her <laughs> finger in her butt. <laughs> but I'm giving finger in the butt vibes in general. She don't at all in general, and she is. And like I said. It's not about her looks because she is, that is a beautiful woman. Like she is absolutely stunning to me, but she's not sexy to me. So I guess because she's not, that's just not her in general. Like I don't get, like, I don't want to see her sex scenes and stuff. I'd be like, okay. Mm-mm. Yeah. They was <laughs> always mean. so awkward. They are really awkward, and it's. I would love to see her getting loved out loud on this show. And when I say loved out loud, Mm -hmm. put that fucking silly shit down for just a second and let her have a really good sex scene where you know that she's happy and satisfied. Put the the weirdness down for a second and let her have an interaction with the man where she knows she's loved and wanted and needed and not all these questioning shits. Let her have a moment where she's sure of herself as a woman. Like, right. let us see that. Like, let us see that confident woman who knows she's wanted and, and loved. Like you said, Brie, I've never gotten that from her. Like, even like her sex scenes and the niggas she didn't mess with after Lawrence, it ain't never, they've never, it's never been no real passion there. Nope. It's been some old, ha ha, we both silly, ha ha, but never know, like, I'm, I'm finna fuck the shit out of you type of energy that's the Baby energy listen. lawrence be giving all his bitches when if they ride in reverse cowgirl is that his <laughs> favorite shit it must be um if you can't find passion with daniel baby you broken just mm-hmm. listen y'all don't y'all don't think that uh ferris will see from last season was passionate with her and nathan mm. Mm. it was a little bit it a little yin yang yang around the house you know, like, I guess I never was into Nathan. And I wasn't into Nathan because them niggas with light eyes is the sneakiest. And you know. They terrible. They <laughs> I don't terrible. trust them niggas. Ever. First of all, what did we ever know about Nathan? 
ever. Like, there's Nothing. no basis for his person. I felt like the nigga was in fucking uh, the witness protection program or something, the way that nice. they had him. Yeah. Exactly. That's true. And even then, you know, you know, this is every time Issa have a sex scene, she always looked like she had it on accident. I want to see some, <laughs> like, I want, I want to see some deliberate sex scenes for her. Like, it's deliberate. It happened with purpose. You know dick what I'm with Not intention. Dick tension, if you will. Dick <laughs> I'll be using that word on next week. <laughs> now, with Nathan leaving that voicemail, do you think that that's going to complicate things in her life? Or no. is it just like, okay, okay. Why the fuck is Nathan not blocked? She deleted it, but yeah, like, how you get that number? Like, how you no, still got it? Wasn't there a big scene where she blocked his number? Last I thought year? it was. I yep. thought it was like the season here. finale. Yeah, she did. She um deleted him as a contact and like, like their text message thread and stuff like that. So um she's just like how a lot of people are they just hold on to people from their past they say that they are over that person but they're really not because they continue to allow them to have access to them okay drag me to yeah shit no i'm dragging me too so (laughs) (laughs) drag us back to what we were saying like i think that our first episode everybody every woman wants to feel like she is that bitch and yes. sometimes, even if you don't want nothing from a nigga, which, you know, I really don't. Even if you don't want nothing from these strays, these random niggas that is in your past, sometimes you just like to gas up, you know? Yeah. Yes. Gas me I up. leave the messages mm-hmm. on red all the time. Like, Word. mental note, thank you. Yeah, you moving go on. <laughs> exactly. And, and <laughs> another thing, and I'm sorry, Candace, but I just, I'm going to just say this real quick. It's, it's a big thing. When you do not have control of a situation, when someone ghosts you, they take away your stability. They, they, they take away your power. And people need to feel like they have some kind of power in relationships. And she probably left his number unblocked because she wanted to make sure that he missed her or knowing that he missed her or was still thinking about her would mm. still be a thing. Because, I mean, I've been ghosted. And when you're ghosted, you think about that person like, damn, they're not thinking about me or damn, what did I do? And, you know, I've been ghosted and heard from people, you know, months later, like, oh, I had shit going on or whatever. And even though I may not take them seriously, at least I know, like, okay, at least I was, there was something about me that they wanted to come back to. Even though that really ain't the way it is, that's at least the way, you know, you tricked yourself into thinking. I know that, um, Yes. It is, yes. Yeah. It's I, I, I heard this um, episode of therapy for black girls about ghosting and I listened to it like it, that's an amazing podcast if you don't know about therapy for black girls. But I listened to the episode about ghosting as I was being ghosted by accident. And I'm going to tell you that shit hit me in a real place because they were like, you know, the psychological effects of being ghosted. It's it's always serious. It's like akin to losing somebody. You know, you have to have a whole grieving process and everything. And a lot of the reasons people don't recover from being ghosted is because they don't allow themselves the space to feel sad about it. Yeah. Yeah. With ghost, the thing with ghosting is if someone wants to ghost you, they can and they will. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, there's absolutely mm-hmm. nothing you can do about it. And if somebody feels that ghosting you is what's best for them, um, that is absolutely their right. Is it cowardly? absolutely but is it their right yeah you know okay right. hey. i think those things get but it's together. the fa- but it's the fact that the ghosted usually don't stay gone 
That's what it is. When someone ghosts you, it's typically not permanently. There's very few men who have ghosted me that didn't pop back up. And it took me deading the communication totally for it to be done and over with. But it would be communication, ghosted, communication, ghosted again, communication, no response. And then that was that. They get the point. So, like, typically the ghosted don't stay gone. And it's almost like psychological warfare. Like Mm. Bree said, it's like they ghost you. Then they want to come back to see if they can get you. And then you keep the communication there because you telling yourself, well, they keep coming back. They must see something to me. It's Mm -hmm. a, now that we talk about, that's a fucked up cycle. It is. It is. And, you know, my therapist called it hovering. When you're Mm. not quite ghosted, but when the person, you know, will leave and come back and leave and come back, that's called hovering. And they do it as a power grab. It ain't got Mm. nothing to do with you. And it took me learning that from therapy to really let go of when I was ghosted and worse than just ghosted, emotionally ghosted. Cause I mean, you could be ghosted and the nigga still there. Easy. Mm-hmm. Woof. Okay. Yeah. That was, a. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, it was a I, moment, but we I needed get, it. Yeah. We did. I get why Issa listened to the voicemail. Because honest to God, where I am in my life, I would have saw his name or heard his voice and my next move would have been to delete the message. I don't give a fuck anymore about what you're saying because when you were in my life and present and you couldn't show the fuck up for me, that let me know all I needed to know. Mm-hmm. Which, <laughs> the elephant in the room. While Issa's talking to Lawrence, as we all know at this point, she gets a text saying that her headliner schoolboy Q has pulled out and she now has no headliner after the flyers have been sent to print with him as the headliner. Well, mm-hmm. then she proceeds to try to find anybody at this point, somebody, anybody. I was like, Issa, bitch, <laughs> fair, okay? But as, a, as her final resort, she picks up the phone and calls Molly, and she, she tells Molly she's just calling to catch up, which passive-aggressive bullshit. And Molly starts trying to tell her what's going on with her, and Issa's like, oh, yeah, girl, sorry to hear that. So, um... My headliner pulled out and I found a replacement. He signed a live nation and I said, you know, all that bullshit. And Molly initially said yes. Then she and Andrew had a come to Jesus moment. Then she called Issa back and told Issa she didn't do it. She's not going to do it. Um, and to figure it out on her own. And I, I wanted to slap both these both these hussies okay. after that scene. Like, I had a nice baby powdered hand slap for both of them. <laughs> yes, I did. I did. So, But I want to hear y'all, y'all opinions on this. Oh, and thank you to the 
to our listeners on Facebook and people that watch on Facebook because we've been getting really good interaction um, on our questions, on our discussions, um, you know, and things like that. So if you've listened to us, if you interact with us on Facebook, if you share, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, But I was seeing a lot of mixed replies about this scene. So I want to hear from y'all. I think that Molly was being disingenuous about it all because asking him to do a favor for Issa is not going to be a threat to this rocky relationship. Because think about it this way. If Issa would have went behind Molly's back and asked Andrew, that would have been a problem. So she's coming directly to her best friend, even though they're not necessarily in the right space or the best space at this time. But she's asking her because they are friends if she can ask if Andrew can do that favor for her. So either way, Molly would be pissed anyway. But I just feel like her response was disingenuous. She could have just left mm-hmm. it as, no, I'm not going to ask him. Like, you didn't even have to bring in, I'm trying to protect my relationship and trying to separate business from our relationship and I just don't think that's a good, good idea. She could have just flat out just said no. And that could have just been the end of that. I'm with you. I mean, I feel like, first of all, it's not like this block party is not on Andrew's radar because he went to the thing, correct? He went yes. to the little mixer. So I feel like Molly should have offered or at least ran it by Andrew to support Issa in some kind of way or see what he could do when they first started dating. Like y'all are in fucking Tinseltown. Niggas in LA, this it's a different culture. Y'all will ask anybody to do anything. That's what networking literally is. Issa is not asking for a kidney. And I thought it was fucked up the way she like, I mean, like you said, it was fucked up the way she was like, I'm trying to keep my relationship and my business separate. No ma'am. So I think the way that Molly called Issa was very trash, like very trash, very trash. You know, after canceling plans with her, not having reached out, not having done anything to call me and then basically brush me off to ask for a favor. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a no, no. Like we have all been on the outs with our friends with Issa and Molly is going through, I've never been through anything as severe with my friends, but it's not uncommon for you and your friends not to see eye to eye sometimes. Um, But what I haven't done is refuse to call somebody I say is a best friend um, to see how they doing, to see how we can get on track, but then fix my fingers to ask them for a favor from the very person that they've told me I'm likely to run off. Like it's okay. You don't check somebody. You gotta stand in that. Don't don't check me on my shit and act like you don't fuck with me. Then call me exactly when you need something. Not not to see how we can make an amends, but to be like, hey, yeah, that's cool. I know your life fucked up. That's cool. Whatever, whatever, whatever. But can a nigga who dick you suck in, um, he got a friend who know how to do stuff? That I, like, no, I'm not doing none of that with you. Like, you gotta come better than that. Like, we got to right. straighten our issues out before you can can try to come to me and ask me for something, especially if there's something that's not life-threatening. 
you know, if, if me and you get into it, Bree, and we maybe not speaking like we normally speak, and I and I find out that something happens with one of the kids, I'm finna call you and see what the fuck is going on with the kids. But I'm not finna call you and ask right. you for twenty dollars worth of gas money after I just said you was a broke ass bitch. No, <laughs> no, I, it's I completely agree with what you're saying, but. Like the point that I was making earlier, my question is if that's your girl, if that's your nigga, why haven't you already asked him? I feel like she's in a better that's position to ask him, or she would have been in a better position to ask him when shit was new. Because, she, you know, that's something else to talk about. Yo, my friend is still on a block party. I know you work at Live Nation. Yo, you know, maybe y'all could think about sponsoring her or something. Like I said, the first fucking episode, Molly was not interested in preserving that little weak ass relationship she has with Andrew. I think she only did it because she, she wanted to spite her. That's it. I don't think Issa was right the way she asked just like you said but i know molly didn't say no for the right reasons yeah so yeah. we t I, I think we talked about this in the very first episode we said that instead of being the friend that she should have been to isa and playing her up she basically downplayed what isa was trying to do to andrew right Somebody who could be one of, who should have been one of Issa's biggest connections. She downplayed her. So I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, if you don't know what type of friend she is at this point, it, it is somewhat on you. Because live a live nation backing should have been the first thing on behalf of Molly. Like, you gotta see what my girl doing. She should be sponsored. This could be huge for Live Nation to launch some new artists. Maybe in exchange for y'all sponsoring, we could get some some acts on the ticket for the block party. Anything. She did none of that. I side-eyed her so bad because of it. I was like... I mean, it just goes back to Molly don't want her to win. If Issa starts winning, then who is Molly? Yeah. Molly, and she Molly. even she she pissed me off when she made it out as if Issa was the reason why Schoolboy Q dropped out when she was asking all those questions about mm, contracts. Yeah. Did you pay him? Did you have a contract? But and Issa like, yeah, I hear all of that. I'm gonna take care of that. But for now, I need to fix the more immediate problem. Right. And that's me not having a headliner. Like, fuck all that lawyer talk. Can you do that for me or nah? Molly bullshitted her. This was not about not mixing business with pleasure because you literally stopped getting your middle work to finish work. Don't uh, play with us. Did, did um, Issa call Condola after yeah. the headline pulled out? I'm not yeah. She, she sent her the voicemail. Yeah, she sent her the voicemail. That bitch better be dead. She better be dead. She Condola twice and text her. Yeah, she did. She reached out to Condola right after. And I have no problem with Molly saying no. I got a problem with her lying about why she's saying no. You cannot be this outspoken when it comes to everybody else shit and quiet as a church mouse when it comes to your own. You said no because you was pissed at, East, at Issa and you wanted to teach her a lesson about putting other friendships before y'all's. You felt like you felt intimidated by Condola immediately. This the her fucking Lawrence was just a bonus. Molly was gonna find something wrong with Condola no matter what. She just had a scapegoat for it. 
But this was more about yeah, this but, was a more of a power play for Molly. Like you it was. thought Lola was a better friend. You start giving her time that you should have been giving me. You didn't listen to me when I said that was a that was drama waiting to happen. So now suffer. So this I, is my question. And like all points heard, and I, I'm with you, right? If that if y'all are friends like you say y'all are friends. Then why didn't she just ask her anyway? Because I've been in some pretty shitty places with friends or weird places. But if you my girl, girl, and you having a crisis like this, I'm going to do everything that I can to help you. And we'll just deal with the other shit while we deal with it. Yeah. No, for sure. Absolutely. But I think that I know. And, you know, I think a part of Molly was happy that Issa came to her when she had such a big problem because she wants to be the person that saves her. She wants to be the person, the only person that's still on her life raft, but it don't work like that. You can't be the person throwing the life raft and the person trying to drown me. Like that's not how yeah, life you goes. Got, you got to pick a position. You got to pick a position and Molly, has, she drew the line in the sand and it's funny because I remember seeing the super trailer for this or like, a, you know, in on this season type of shit. And I remember like Issa dogging the shit out of Molly. And I was like, what the fuck could have possibly happened? And now it's unfolding in front of us. Molly drew that line in the sand. And, you know, she's I, I think she's going to get an Issa that she never thought really existed. Right. She doesn't believe in Issa. She doesn't believe that Issa, she never believed she could do this block party. That's why she's been clowning it at every step of the way. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's heartbreaking for somebody that you call your best friend. Something that you're truly passionate about. You knew I was miserable in a previous job that I had. I finally found something that gives me purpose and meaning in life. And you keep downplaying me about it. Okay, let me put it like this. Imagine Colin does, Colin is an accountant by trade. Imagine me coming to Bree and saying, hey, we can't afford, you know, to pay this much to get our taxes done. Is Colin able to offer a reduced rate if you ask him? Imagine Bree being like, uh, no. I keep I keep my friendships and my and my and business separate. Like, what's the fuck is the point? Because I would have been like, oh no, nah, the nigga gonna do it for free if y'all in spot and y'all can't. He gonna do it for free even if he not gonna do it for free. And I'm gonna just pay him. Like that's just the type of person I am, and that's the type of friendships I have too. I can honestly say I have never gone to somebody I considered a true friend and asked for some shit, and they didn't go above and beyond for me for what I needed. Ever. Like ever, never. Just ever. think that the thing that rubbed me was the whole speech. This whole high am I'm trying to keep my friendships and my relationships separate. Why? What's the point? Like, just think about that on a surface level. Imagine I tell Candace I'm trying to keep my friendship and relationship separate, and y'all can't. I can't ask my nigga anything. Like. She's not asking to hang out with y'all. She's asking you to for you know to ask him something. If she wasn't comfortable asking, she could have easily say, "Hey, I'm gonna um I'm gonna give you his number. Give me a minute to talk to him. I'm gonna tell him to expect your call." If she didn't want to be the one asking, how hard would that have been? Like I'm so confused at that. Like just just imagine. I can't imagine Bree calling me for anything. Like hey, 
can can you tutor Jaden for me? And me being like, mm, I keep my professional life and my friendship <laughs> separately. Like, girl, fuck you for real. You could have just said no. You could have been like, I'm not doing it. Like, as you know, whatever the energy is had, I think it would be best if you took time to figure this one out on your own. You know, just be an honest bitch. Be real no, about why you're saying shit. no. It didn't have shit to do with thing. Andrew and mixing business and pleasure. This was not business. You have nothing to do with it. She just asked you if, if she could ask Andrew if, if he could get one of the live nations at the block party. She just wanted your okay to get in contact with Andrew. You didn't have to be the middleman for that. This had nothing to do with you. Fuck her for that. Fuck her forever. That's a that's a that's an offense. Honestly, I'm gonna stop fucking with you because you've told me how you feel about me, and what yep. was the point? Yep. I am it cost literally. You nothing. It you cost that nigga nothing. dick. And you know, can we also just aside? I know she didn't feel like she couldn't ask a nigga about that shit because they're in a new relationship. Whatever. If you giving pussy to somebody, you ought, you ought to be able to ask them for the fucking moon. I know I do. Like, you need to tell me you're uncomfortable asking this man for something that would literally throw your friend a life raft because y'all are in a relationship, but you spread your legs to him every opportunity you get. What, you going to be embarrassed if he say no? Like, what? Mm. That's like, like you said last episode, bring back girl code. This shit is. This shit, this is stink. This not it. This not that girl. This not it. But (laughs) speaking of, that was it for Insecure. Um, I'm looking forward to episode five. I don't know how many episodes are in this season. Like I don't. And I hope they don't do that bullshit where they go to an episode where they're completely not focused on what happened last episode, and then they come back. No. I want to see what no. the fuck's going to happen. I need to see the shit hit the fan. And what I would love is if Issa reached out to Andrew on her own and Andrew went to Molly like, yo, your friend was struggling. Why didn't you ask me for help? Yeah. No. Oh. Shake the table. Shake the fucking table. If anybody who works at HBO ever hear this, listen, make us the official podcast of the show. Please. Please. We're up for the challenge. Okay? <laughs> it's us the insecure experience but but y'all we might as well just record every week because <laughs> we might as well too, the shit be too good we're gonna give y'all a weekly show um while the series is running then maybe after it can go to every other week or whatever we'll figure it out but but now we're gonna come to y'all weekly episode by episode to give y'all our life analysis on they bullshit is that it did y'all have any shout outs anything to say before we go um, I just want to shout out y'all because I'm telling you, we're the best. We're amazing. That's all. Yes. Yes. Getting so much positive feedback about this podcast. Like even my friends are listening. Hey, April. Hey, Sydney. I'm going to know that you listen because you'll tell me that you heard me. Um, but just knowing that my friends, I'm recording something that my friends can listen to because, you know, I have Mama Me's World, but not everybody's a mama. And I completely don't knock you if you don't want to listen to a show about black motherhood because you ain't a black mother. Like, I get that. Like, it's a very niche audience. But being able to have two like-minded women that I could talk talk to about shit that instead of yelling at the TV is great. 
I'm, listen, I'm here for it. I know that this was meant to be. The chemistry is far too amazing. Um, a lot of people have to be together for months to years to have the chemistry that we've established really quickly. It says a lot about who we are as mm-hmm. friends, as women, just period. So I appreciate mm-hmm. y'all. And shout out to all our listeners. My friends have been listening to Hey Taniqua. I've had a lot of people like, y'all, this shit is mad good. So hey. Yes, I am honored that I was even asked to be a part of this experience and just even with me being a new podcaster, just learning from two season podcasters and just um just how naturally the conversations flow and even how we relate it to our own personal lives. And I really love all of the feedback and interactions we've been getting, especially from Facebook, because, you know, Facebook can be a little iffy sometimes. It can but be really I, tricky to navigate. It can. And shout out to Facebook for having affordable ad placement for small businesses and podcasters. Um, I ran an ad on one of our episodes and the feedback has been good. It's been being listened to and liked across the country. So one step at a time. Um, but yeah, this shit is fun. I'm glad we decided yeah. to do it. And we're going to be back uh, next week. FYI, sorry, there are 10 episodes. And if y'all didn't know, Jay Ellis is directing episode seven. Yes. Oh, okay. Come on, boo. Put your actor hat yeah. on. Take your actor hat off. Put your director hat on. Yes. Yes. Here for it. Well, until next week, y'all, we are out of here.